Welcome, all you creatures of the night and late night prowlers. This is the latest podcast episode in gore and guts, slasher screams and squeals, and all the things which conjure up your nightmare. To be afraid is accepted, but it won't save you from the dangers which leer right over your shoulder and breathe down your neck. When the lights are out and the night is still, the beating of your heart will give away your hiding place. It will find you, and it will not be forgiving. This is It Records. <laughs> Look at me, Damien! It's all for you! That the power of Christ compels you! It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Don't you blame the movies! Movies don't create psychos! What's blood for? If not for shooting. I'm your number one fan. We all go a little mad sometimes. Welcome back, all you creatures of the night. Thank you one and all for joining us here again on your favorite horror movie podcast. I can only imagine it's your favorite. Um, listening to us. As you drive into work, if you're driving to work, doing the laundry, whatever it may be, <laughs> we are happy you are with us here again on the it Records Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Johnson, and folks, we were able to book them again. Once once again, we were able to book them. I'm so glad they're here. We have Lindsay Clark and Peter Hansen. Guys, glad you could make it. Glad to be back. <laughs> I like how you say you're the one booking me. When I was the one who asked you to do the podcast with me all those years ago, is that how it shook out? Is that is that how it happened all those many years yeah. ago? Are you remembering? have changed. Are you remembering it differently? Are you here to argue otherwise? I think I woke awoke one night and just had an epiphany and said, <laughs> "A horror movie podcast," and I just so happened to have your number on speed dial, and I called you. At three in the morning, you picked up. Really? That I think that's how it started. I think. What number am I on your speed dial? Number one. That's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all actuality, though, Pete, as Pete originated the podcast because you called me in on a separate project you were working on. I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast. We must. No, have. we haven't. Like, we we haven't ha- referred. Now's the time. We literally yeah. have not referred to my other podcast that I did before this. <laughs> that seems crazy because we've been doing this I, for so long. That I think I had such like ill blood over it because, like, you know, I was friends with. It was like another college friend, and he he actually asked me because he knew that I liked horror movies and he liked talking. And he knew I could edit. And he talked a little too much. Um, which it was... I found it hard to get a word in. Which why I became annoyed after 20 or so episodes. And I was like, you know what? I kind of don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I gotcha. And then from that point, uh, it records. Well, I guess within that 20 episode span, which I, I'll have to admit I was a listener. I was a loyal listener at the, at the time. Or whenever Pete would send me an episode. Uh, and I, I guess spotted for one yes, episode. Yes, you did. It was the third episode. I, and I believe, third episode, and I believe it was Insidious Chapter 3. Chapter 3, yeah. And that was that was the start of... And I had never done a podcast prior to that, so that was the first endeavor for me as well, was that guest spot. 
And we haven't done that. We haven't done any of those movies on this podcast. No, we have not. I, I think I mentioned them in like a Halloween horror, but never in any sort of mini episode have we talked about Insidious. Look at you now, Pete <laughs> and Matt. Come a long way. Yeah, a long sitting in sitting in my pajamas on my bed, talking <laughs> talking during, movies during the pandemic. Yeah, talk- I'd probably be doing the same thing otherwise sitting in my pajamas talking about movies now i'm just recording it now i'm just talking a, about it that's all i want to do in my life is just sit in my pjs and talk about movies that's just that's just what i want in a life <laughs> a lot to ask well i'm glad what happened happened and it now allows us to do this podcast and along that way Lindsay joined the cast um I don't remember exactly what number it was, but it was Misery. That was the movie. I think it was around 20. It was around 20. What, was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Lindsay's been here a while now, too. Se- several years. We're all veterans. Yeah, it's been a minute. Didn't we ask you to, like... You, like, did, like, research for us at first, and you, like... I think... I tried I to research for yeah. you. I think we, like, wanted you to be on the podcast, and you said no. And I was like, oh, do you want to be involved? I think we asked you to be involved in some capacity, and I remember you like did like research for us. Yes, I spent a few uh, hours scouring the uh, internet highway for some sources for you guys. Uh, don't know if that was, those were helpful for you or not. Um, and then uh, fall 2016, you were like, "Hey, we want you to talk on it," and I was like, "Are you sure?" Like. <laughs> I'm scared, but you know, sometimes you gotta say yes to the things that scare you, and uh, we are the terrible trio. <laughs> yeah. Who convinced you? Was it Matt or was it me? It give, was give a combination. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it was like kind of that concept of it, um, kind of reconnecting with you guys. It had been a while um, since we were all at school together, um, but we all had that common interest. We were all common majors, for God's sakes. Um, you know, so I, I think what made me nervous about it was the horror um, element. You know, I was not, I literally like fell asleep in horror movie class uh, that Matt and I shared. And, uh, you know, I just wasn't really into it. So it was definitely, um, you know, as we went on with uh, picking movies, I came to really love it. I I like most of the horror movies we see. Not all of them. But the genre as a whole has grown on me. Hey, that's all I could ask for. Exactly. That was really their whole mission for the podcast when we started it, was to get Lindsay to really enjoy the horror movie genre. (laughs) We've succeeded. (laughs) We got one, now we just gotta get the others. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. Well, that's great. Um, So that's a little tidbit into the history of the the podcast, of how we all got started here, and continue to this day. But before we kind of go into the movie that we are doing for the podcast today... I want to throw it over to you guys beyond this movie. What are you watching, horror or otherwise? What's been on the tube? Welcome to the show. It's time to find out what the terrible trio have been watching. Or who has been watching them. I'll go to... uh, We'll go to Lindsay first. Lindsay, do you been? Uh, was it Bachelor in Paradise? Is that a was that a show? Oh yes. Wa- I think last time we spoke, <laughs> you were watching that on Hulu. Uh, 
so they only have three seasons on Hulu at the moment, so I have watched all three. Um, they are fabulous um, if you're into that type of thing. Um, I really have not had a lot of time to watch TV these last several weeks. I've just been super busy, and um, there's no work-life balance right now in my life. Um, it's just, you know, work. And um, so what I've been doing is watching 10-minute intervals of Riverdale because that's back. And then I come back to it like a week later, watch another 10 minutes, and then, ten, you know. 10-minute intervals? Some, I mean, it's not like I sit down and I set out to just watch 10 minutes. I just kind of like, you yeah, know, time. find something else to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's really all that I've had time for lately. Um but, you know, Riverdale's back. Um, for those of you out there, um, you know, you probably know this. They did a time jump in the series. So now um, the actors are, I guess, playing ages closer to their actual ages in real life. So um, that's interesting. But, yeah, that's really about it. Okay. And before we kind of, I'll jump over to Pete. But, Lindsay, I think last time as well, Dawson's Creek was on the dock It. Um, has that been uh, a pin put in Dawson's Creek for a while as well too or is that also 10 minute intervals <laughs> uh, I wouldn't even give it 10 minutes these days maybe even things kind of calm down in my life I'll start watching it again but to be honest I didn't find it that gripping but you know when you start out with the show in the first season it can take a while to find its footing I think, you know, it's the case with the first season. It probably gets better as it goes on, but I was not, like, enraptured by what I was seeing. So I'm like, we'll just, we'll, we'll come back. But yeah, have either of you um, watched Dawson's Creek in its entirety? No, I have not okay. watched a single episode. Didn't think so. I've watched Matt? quite a bit. I've never finished it. Uh, I might have said this story on a different episode, but one, when I was in high school, I was on the newspaper. Uh, can you imagine that? A comm major. I was on the newspaper, and one of my co-editors was a huge Dawson's Creek fan, owned every episode, every season on DVD, really wanted me to watch it. And I was so adamant about not watching it, but she gave me those DVDs, and I started to watch them, and I got through like season two, and we graduated. And I never got through the rest of the series since then. So I watched two of those seasons. And now I kind of want to see... I should probably finish them if they're on Hulu. Um, I should... That, that's just how I am. I feel like in general, if I start a show, I got to end it. How did how did this end? I feel the same Even way. Even if it's 13 years later, you got to do it. Same with a book. If I start a book, I'm finishing the book. I got mm-hmm. to refinish it. I did that. I've told you my my horrible be- book reading habits, right? Correct. Uh, so tell me. Oh, it's terrible. People are going to be very upset about this. So, um, I would say about a year and a half ago, I finished a book. It was about Seinfeld, and that was the first book that I finished in twelve years. Before that, I had not finished a book. I didn't even read any in college. Not not a single page. <laughs> you just Maybe, needed something you were interested in. That's really what it is. Like if I'm not, I, if I was not interested, there's no way it was happening. ADHD, baby. That's what it fucking is. Like it's bad. 
you were too busy watching uh, Buffy and Angel in like, oh, a one-month yeah. period. <laughs> yeah, no time to back, read books. Back to back. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> I'm watching five episodes of Buffy a day where I'm going to find the time. <laughs> Who has the time, honestly? <laughs> oh, that's good. Because I averaged note, it out. <laughs> on that note, what have you been watching these days? Uh, so, I've been watching a lot of TV. Uh, so, since uh, Justice League Snyder Cut was released, I watched that. And since then, I kind of got like more in like a DC vibe. So, I there they also do animated movies, which, you know, if you don't like it, that's fine. But I've been going down this rabbit hole, and like they have their own like animated universe kind of like how the mcu has like shared universe with its movies dc does that with their animated movies and i've been working my way through that because there's like 10 of them i want to say and i'm on the very last one now haven't watched it yet and it's supposed to be the very last one and besides that i've watched one horror movie and i gotta remember and look up the name because it was um very long and very ridiculous so it was, what was it called? Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama. Okay. And um, that packs a punch. Yes. I want, I want, Matt, what do you think that movie is about? <laughs> I just want you to take a wild guess. You said it was, was it Sorority Slimeball? Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama. Sorority Babes in the Slimeball Bolorama. Um, cause I will give you a full synopsis after I want to hear what you guys think this movie is about. And this is a horror one, correct? This is a horror movie. Uh, first impressions. I think this, you know, it's, it deals with the sorority. Um, but the, it's a kind of a creature monster movie with, it's like kind of like a blob creature. Okay. Um, I love that, it. That, that's the slime, <laughs> the slime piece of it. And it's, you know, potentially something went wrong with a, Something they made for a party, a drink perhaps, has now become the blob, and <laughs> that's the bolorama. That's the party aspect. But that's that's. I the, love I'll this stop right here. now. I love this so much right now. <laughs> Lindsay, what do you think it's about? Uh, I'm going with Matt. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's really all good. I gotta say. All right, because that is not correct, but I love it. Um, I love I love the the imagination there. So you got three fucking college nerds of course talking drinking some brewskis one of them's a fucking movie nerd is watching a horror movie couldn't tell you which one it was don't remember um then they're like hey man i heard the sororities are russian let's go like spy on them and see some hot chicks or whatever and then they do that as the hijinks pursue and then like the Sorority, the hottest sorority, like, that everyone wants to join, that's the one they go to. But it has only three women in it, and only two women are rushing. So I don't understand that. I don't think that's the hottest sorority in town if there's only going to be five people in the sorority. But anyways, one of them is, like, sadistic and enjoys hazing a little too much. Mm. So she gets to two rushies. She's like, I want you guys to go into the mall... Where there's a bowling alley, 
I want you to steal me a trophy to prove that you were there. You gotta break in and steal me a trophy. That's part of their hazing ritual. They go there. They run into a burglar who's robbing a bowling alley in a mall for some reason. Um, she's some horror actress that's been in stuff. I can't remember her name. But she's a scream queen. Um, then when they steal the trophy, they knock it on the floor and it releases an imp <laughs> that grants wishes. Of course. Uh-huh. And then it, of course, grants, it grants most of their wishes and they go very wrong. And it's just terrible. It's a terrible movie, but I love it. <laughs> Because it's so bad. Is this an 80s movie, by chance? Yeah, so I was going to ask. <laughs> 1,000%. It's the most 80s movie that is ever 80 I think. Because it's just like, right. it's really bad quality. Um, it's got, like, you know, 80s hair. You know, it's got the sleazy guys that are just really gross. And a, a creature that's an imp, for whatever reason, granting wishes. And turns them into demons i don't know all right they escape somehow that's intense well i'm on board yeah using magic against itself to escape well also then i'm on board to watch that movie but simultaneously who's on board to write that uh the screenplay that i talked about for our movie (laughs) where it's a blob-like monster that attacks sorority i loved it uh it's on shutter if you want to watch it because that's where i watched it did anyone from this movie, this cast, uh, go on to have a fulfilling Hollywood career? Um, I think the imp did. I think. Okay. <laughs> um, the woman that I mentioned that's a scream queen, she did quite a bit in the 80s, um, but didn't really succeed past that, I want to say. I wish I could remember her name, but. She was in a lot of she's in a lot of movies, that's for sure. Like she kept acting, but it wasn't like um anything too big. I was just wondering if there were any breakout stars from this movie, you know? Right, like Kevin Bacon in Friday the thirteenth yeah. or something. Yeah. Or George Clooney exactly. that was like in Return Grizzly? of the Killer. Or he was that... in Grizzly Two. Grizzly Two, gotcha, gotcha. Uh but that that actually got released now. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, they finally released it, like like this year. It's about damn time. We've yeah, all been twenty years wanting to know when Grizzly Two is coming out. <laughs> but he was in Return of the Killer Tomatoes, which is a great movie, by the way. Uh, you need to watch it. I'll check that one out. I'll check that out. But does that round out your viewing piece? Oh yeah, a- I think that's all. I think that's all anyone needs to know. <laughs> all right i guess i guess i'll round out the trio of what what i watched i gotta think about tv tv i'm rewatching the sopranos not horror but rewatching the sopranos on hbo max that's a show i re i rewatched silicon valley i just had that on in the background so i need to finish that it's a, it's an easy one to watch only half hour episodes so you get through them pretty quick so that was those are I think were like the two shows that I've watched. I can't think of any other shows. I've been watching movies more so. Um, I watched Station Agent with which is very good. And I highly recommend. I think it's only on Amazon Prime where I could see it. But it's uh, Peter Dinklage 
It is uh, uh, Patricia Clarkson, I believe her name is. And then Bobby, I forget the guy's name, Bobby, but you've seen him. He's an Italian actor. He's in oh, a lot of different movies. Car- Carnival or whatever? Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah. yeah, he's like the bad guy in Jumanji. The new one? Oh, okay. The new one, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's great in it. It's great. Yeah, th- those are the main three people in that movie, Peter Dinklage being the lead in it. Came out in like 2003. Uh, Michelle Williams, I think right off of Dawson's Creek, as a oh, matter wow. of fact. Like right around that time. And it's it's super good. It's written by a guy who did who wrote Up. Um, he wrote The Visitor with Richard Jenkins. It's a really good like feel good story about like three people who are you know kind of loners or you know just want to connect with people and their their paths just collide. Not like out of a crazy incident, but they just like happen to be in the same town and they sort of gravitate towards each other. And it's just it was a good movie. I thought. Was, Does this have Prince Avalanche vibes? Prince Av- with Emil Hirsch and Paul Rudd? Is that the yeah. movie you're talking about? The only reason why I say that is because that's one of the <laughs> few movies that you recommended to me. Because I feel like you actually don't recommend me too many movies, but when you do, it's like really random. And uh, that was one of them. And it was really good. It was like a really good feel-good movie. Mm-hmm. Well, It was like a bromance movie, I feel like. I feel like it was just like two bros hanging out. Anything with Paul Rudd kind of invokes that, I think. Mm-hmm. And that was like during Emil Hirsch's, I feel like heyday, where like he was yeah. in Speed Racer and Into the Wild and a couple other ones. That he's in Milk. Into the Wild's a great movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's also a book, Pete. It's a maybe you can yeah, start up a new book by reading yeah, Into one, the Wild. One of those books that I don't read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but to round out my viewing, um, I I'll end with horror because this is a horror podcast beyond what we watched here. I watched Candyman recently. Love that movie. Virginia Madsen? Yeah, Virginia Madsen okay. and uh, Tony Todd, I believe, is who plays the Candyman, which the remake should be coming out soon. Or this, it's the spiritual reboot. It's like supposed to take place after the second one that Jordan Peele is producing. It got okay, pushed back yeah. for several months because of COVID, but that should be coming out. I'm excited soon. for it. Same. That's going to be interesting. So I'm excited for that. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll foreshadow Jordan Peele is attached to something that's related to the movie we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah, but uh, to round out my viewing pleasure, my viewing pleasures, whatever I watched this week, uh, I watched Possession, 1981, uh, which is yeah, a great. Uh, let's you talk finally about watched that. it. Yeah, I watched it. I watched it. I. It is a. German film, I believe, or Polish, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very hard to find anywhere. You're not going to find it streaming. Um, and I was able to find a Blu-ray copy that played on American re- regional-specific players. I have a PS4 that it plays on, so if you have a PS4, it'll work. But uh, I bought it. I purchased the Blu-ray. Um, no regrets. Um, it's got some good features on that there. Was a, a little that essay. was a good fucking find you did, because I was. I remember when you asked me, and I was like, "Oh man, fucking good luck." <laughs> yeah. So I purchased it, watched it. It is fantastic, especially for I, th- I think for horror fans or non horror fans, it's a really, really good movie. Like just piece of cinema. Get old Sam Neill's in that movie. Sam Neill, Doctor Alan Grant is in that one. Uh, very young, very young in this movie. Yeah, before uh, um, obviously before Jurassic Park and Event Horizon. It's twelve years before Jurassic Park, so. Yeah. yeah, Jurassic Park's, what, 93? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
super good. Recommend it if you find it. Or maybe we'll have a fun little It Records watch party where I can just stream my PS4 and everybody can watch it. But that's it. I would love that. That's all I've been watching. Why don't we do... Why haven't we done that? Yeah. That's what everyone does during... I like... I actually don't understand. Like, it didn't occur to me to even do that. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. I've done it with my other friends like a couple of times, and like, we literally do. We watch movies for podcasts, but not have done a watch together. Party. Just, yeah. uh, I actually. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we could watch one on here, and then record. Or like record as we watch. It would be a live stream. I mean, not yeah. not edit, not sent out, but as we watched it, it would just be us talking about the movie. But enough chitter chatter about our lives and what we're watching. We need to figure out what we watched for this this week. What we did for the the podcast. And if you're just tuning in, we've been doing a little trilogy of films, if you will, with a certain theme to them. The movies we've been watching have all been done by Wes Craven. And this is the third in the trilogy. The other ones were The Hills Have Eyes in 1977. And then we flash-forwarded to, I believe it was 2011. Correct me on the year. Probably earlier 2005. than 2005. Thank you. Yeah, 2005. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Red Eye. Uh, we, we did that, so we did the 2000. But we have already done on the podcast Scream, and we did Nightmare on Elm Street. So those aren't on oh, the yeah. docket. But the final film in this trilogy we did is the 1991 People Under the Stairs. We went 90s, not Scream, but we went People Under the Stairs. What made you choose this one, Matt? That's correct. This is my pick. Um, (laughs) Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, I I forgot my pick to give it to Matt. Yes, I appreciate that. So I I picked The Hills Have Eyes and and this one. I I chose this. Because we, we had done, you know, the 70s, um, and we had done kind of the 2000s Wes Craven, and I wanted to hit somewhere in between. And we did, I didn't want to hit Scream again, and I, I kind of wanted to do one that people maybe not had heard of. But I feel like this one has a cult following. Uh, people seem to enjoy and really like the people under the stairs, but it's not as familiar. It's not a household name, especially when you're talking about Wes Craven. So I thought it would be a good one to let the audience in on if they hadn't heard of it. Had anybody seen it prior to this viewing? Or is this a first-time viewing? I've seen it at least once. Um, it was around... The only time I remember watching it was around Halloween a few years ago. Courtney and I went to the Vic Theater, which is not really known for showing movies, but they did this time, like during Halloween time, and it was People Under the Stairs that we watched, and it was a great time. I hadn't even heard of it, um, and then when I started watching it, I'm like, am I watching the right movie? Because I've been known to, you know, <laughs> not do that in the past. Um, but, it was only uh, one time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was one time. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, int- yeah, I mean, we'll get into it, but it was definitely not, it was different than what I thought it was going to be, for sure. Had you seen it before? No, that's my first time. I have known of the people under the stairs for a long time, but never had actually sat down and watched it. So this was a first feeling for me. And I'd actually, it's funny, I picked it, and then there's another podcast I listened to that's movies, particularly horror movies, 
they had just talked about it or they're going to do it next on their show um because it, similar reasons that i talked about is like i feel like it's it's one people aren't as familiar with at least with west craven and it but podcast is gonna do it that's the uh uh in, in gorley and rust one. Oh, nice where right now they're not they usually do full series right now they're doing one-offs like they just did drag me to hell and the next pick That's was people on the stairs. Uh, I gotta get back on that train because I'm still i I still didn't finish the Friday the Thirteenth series. I think I'm gonna out myself as how much I listen to that podcast. I've listened to every series that they've put out on that. Because <laughs> they did Friday Friday the Thirteenth was their first one. Cor- and then, That's correct. And then they did Nightmare on Elm Street. I want to say next was Halloween, but next then they Halloween. they did they did do Nightmare on Elm Street following that. Okay. Gotcha. And then Alien. The whole Alien Oh, wow. Series. Yeah, I, I got a lot of episodes to go. Okay, I'm a lot further behind than I thought. Yeah. I like list- I like watching horror movies. I like talking about horror movies. I like listening to people talk about horror movies. I could do it all day. <laughs> if only you got paid for it, am I right? <laughs> if, if only. Well, you're getting paid residuals from Blumhouse, right? From all that, that work you did from them in the past. <laughs> I wish. I don't know what... Uh... Which Peter Hansen you're thinking of. <laughs> I feel like I used to say that all the time. Like, you work with you Blumhouse, so that's how you get the scoop. But maybe if we just, like, speak it into existence enough on the podcast. Yeah, Jason Blum would call me up. He's like, exactly. you know what? I've been hearing a lot about you. <laughs> you gotta keep it alive. Or he'll just come into the, the office or the studio someday and be like, where's Peter? We need Peter. <laughs> We're gonna shoot today. Fly him out here. <laughs> Where have you been? Exactly. So just gotta become positive. best friends with him. I think it'll happen. You know that'd be cool. Let's yeah. become best friends with Jason Blum. How did I, mean, I would just? I'll give you just a synopsis of the movie. I was going to try to describe the movie, but generally, <laughs> two adults and a, okay, here's here's the IMDb quick synopsis: two two adults and a juvenile break into a house occupied by a brother and sister, or mommy and daddy, or mom and dad, uh, and they're stolen children, and there they must fight for their lives. That is a very basic synopsis of people in the dark. Essentially, people under the stairs. What did I say? People in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I heard it like it registered like three minutes after I said it. Um, yes, thank you. People under the stairs. It. What does it all mean? Does my life have any purpose? At any rate, this movie surely does. It's time to discuss the horror significance. In general, it's kind of like, you know, you break into a house. I feel like this is a, a trope that's in horror movies a lot. Break into a house, and then it's not what you expected. Kind of a movie. Yeah. That's, that's the feel you'll get with this one. But this definitely falls, I would say, into like a horror subgenre. Before we get into the plot, is... It's kind of a horror comedy a little bit, um, which I think as we went into the 90s becomes more of Wes Craven's style. Like in the 70s, it was kind of exploitation, bloody stuff we talked about with Hills of Eyes, Last House on the Left. The 80s became uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was his big one. And I think he had like Shocker in there and they became more supernatural and fantastic. And then the 90s, he started to get meta with it, a little more comedy with his horror. Because you get Scream in the 90s as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there were some, like, 
seriously funny moments throughout uh, the movie, and I like never laugh at anything when I'm watching a movie by myself. So um, the comedy element of it, I think, um, was done very well. Yeah, um, I I was pleasantly surprised, and I was also pleasantly surprised by the cast of the movie. Uh, yeah, Ving Rhames is in this movie, which I I was not aware of, uh, as Leroy, and then Fool, which is our our main character, um, the adolescent, uh, is Brandon Quinton Adams. So if you're if you grew up in the '90s at all, you probably know him from Mighty Ducks or the Oh Sandlot. my God, yeah. Yeah, so he was in the Sandlot, Mighty Ducks. He was in those movies. I forgot he, that he was in. He the is Sandlot. talented. Yeah, uh, a child act. I, di- I didn't know his name. I'll unfortunately, like, I had to look it up, but like, I know him. I could see him. I watched him growing up, like all the time in those in those movies. But he's our lead in this one. Yeah, um, the character of Fool. Um, they kind of open it up, and they're like, "Hey." we're doing like a tarot card reading and this is the fool and that's why we call you fool and i was like wow i can relate to you you know and uh i just thought it was a really like interesting way to open up um he's a tough kid Details for Act 1 of this horrifying film. I hope you make it out alive until the very end. Yeah, I was I was intrigued by that opening where it's like the credits and this, they're reading the tarot cards and, and you don't see anybody but you hear them talking over them as they're showing on the cards. And I was wondering how that was going to play more into the movie if it was going to be more witchcraft or something that, that played into it or sorcery or whatever. Um, but I, I, I act. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was say, isn't the actress that played his sister been in things too? I thought I, I thought she looks. She looks familiar. very familiar. I don't know what she's been in, but she looks very familiar. It was Wendy Wendy Rubble. No, no, no. That's that plays uh, AJ Ranger, is who is Alice in that movie, and she was also in My So Called Life, yes, uh, which is a TV show. Uh, that's probably the bigger one. Uh, Private Practice, another TV show um, that she was a part of. My so-called life was a TV show with Claire Danes. It's on Hulu now, I believe. Oh, is it? For anyone okay. out there. Is it in the Dawson's Creek collection? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. In that, in well, that it was arena. before Dawson's Creek, wasn't it? But, I mean, they're kind of like-minded, you know? I, yeah, so. I think it's early 90s, uh, My yeah. So-Called Life. But, oh, to to the, the movie with the start of it with Fool and the tarot cards, I then took it, you know, whatever, if it's witchcraft or sorcery, at least he's the fool, which is we've talked about in the past, like a trope in horror movies is you have certain characters and, and cabin in the woods is like very explicit about it. If you've ever watched that movie where you have like the jock or, uh, what, what is it? The girl or uh, well, the nerd, the fool, the, the, cheerleader. Jock, the cheerleader character. Yeah, that's right. And then the fool and the fool and like the, uh, the final girl are usually the ones who kind of make it to the end. They're seemingly, um, okay, yeah. I'm seeing it now. Yeah, so that was put right from the get-go that this kid, he's going to play the fool character. <laughs> he's the fool because that's all they called him, the fool. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
But I think know. they said his real name once or twice, which is like Poindexter, which I'd rather go by Fool too. Oh wow! Yeah, that was like his nick his nickname. So he had like two nicknames. So like wow, his lucky. nickname, two nicknames. His, his nickname for his, I think his real name was Dexter. But then like he introduced himself as Point Dexter, but everyone just uh. called him Fool because they like didn't think because like he they didn't think he was smart. I don't know. That's what I think they were going for. And I know what I recognize the sister from. It's the Lost Boys. Yeah. That's why. Uh, that's why I thought <gasps> I were. Who? Yeah. Oh, who is she in Lost Boys? That's great. Maria. Maria. Because I'm only picturing what's her name. The other. Is it Jamie Gertz? Jamie Gertz. That's who I'm picturing. Huh. Well, how about that? So she's made it on the podcast at least twice. And she might make it on a third time when we do our spinoff for my so-called life. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. Well, that's that's how the movie kicks off. Uh, we're learning about Fool, and he's he lives in L.A. Um, and looks like uh, a resident of a Los Angeles like ghetto that is kind of you know run down. And we get this idea that it's being a lot of the buildings are people are being evicted. From these buildings by the greedy landlords that essentially just want to kick everybody out, tear it down, and make up these big condos or some sort of high-rise apartments for other people to live in. Um, that's that's the situation Fool finds himself in. He lives with his mother and was his grandmother there as well? Was his grandmother in that apartment complex? I think, or in one of his yeah yeah siblings. Was his, I, th- I thought it was his mom and his sister was that not his mom that was sick was that his mom who was sick i think this so. his mom who was sick okay. and i believe it was his sister yeah okay yeah and then ving rames was that uh the husband or the boyfriend of his sister or was he just no she's a friend of his mom oh he's just a friend yeah he's a, he's older because like i got okay that the sister was like you know like old like probably in high school yeah she looked and then older than him. and then she and i'm pretty sure he said that he was a friend of of your mom's okay okay so that that's ving uh ving it's a great name um he you know who gave him that nickname who stanley tucci did he really yeah i did not know that they're college roommates Oh wow! No, I didn't know that at all. That, that's <laughs> isn't it? Isn't that great? my world. Yeah, <laughs> they were college roommates together. What a combo! I love, I love that combo. I do too. A lot. Yeah, Ving Rhames <laughs> and Stanley Tucci. That's really gotten some hijinks. The Tooch. But yeah, <laughs> and hijinks in this film with Ving Rhames is he basically wants to help out Fool um, and get some money. Um, to help them, you know, at least stay where they are or get a better place to live, is they're gonna rob, uh, knock off the landlords who own the building. We're essentially trying to evict them, um, which we learn they find the address of this this big old gothic-looking house, uh, two-story house, um, that they're gonna try to rob it because they hear there's gold. There's gold in the house somewhere that can help them uh, pay off any rent or buy a new house if they need to. And we get a slight glimpse into the house. It looks like there's a couple. I think they're just called mom and dad, um, or man and woman, um, and their relationship. And they have a daughter. Is what we're led to, or that's what we see. 
uh, around Fool's age, and it looks like she's kind of, I don't know, she doesn't seem happy in there when we first uh, meet her there, and she's, like, eating dinner, and we see her mother, quote-unquote, asks for the rest of her tray or her food, and a hand emerges from the, what is it? The, the, the vent. Vent, thank you. Couldn't think of the word. The vent. And this it hands back the spoon to her, which she grabs and gives to the mother. So that's the first glimpse we get into the plot of, like, this is the house they're going to rob, essentially, to pay off any debts they have. Um, and something's off. Something's not right, either with the parents here or there's something in the walls. There's literally something in the vents. And... Hear, hear me out. Despite it being a murder house filled with crazy people, that's a nice house, you know. It's got it's got a lot of rooms. Hear me it's out. Very, it's very spacious. It has crazy security measures, which I wouldn't need. But, like, I mean, you put a little work into it, that's a nice-looking house. I love houses like that. I mean, I wouldn't want all of the bells and whistles they have inside of it or what they're doing inside of it. For sure. But, I'll keep the passageways, because that's kind of cool. But, you know, everything else uh, that they had, you know, wasn't necessary. Yeah. <laughs> well, that could shoot us right into kind of Act 2. Or Act 1 is they go into the house. It's between Ving Rhames and the Fool. or uh, Leroy is Ving Rhames' character's name. Uh, and they get kind of trapped. Um, they didn't know what they were getting into. They break into the house. Um, and basically they can't get out. And all the doors are boarded up. And I think that's kind of where... The actions and the windows are like bulletproof or something because they can't break through the glass. Right, exactly. And then I think they're called mom and dad. If I'm, I'm just gonna say man. Yes, no, they are. (laughs) So like, they're so okay. Their characters' name are man and woman. They refer to each other as mommy and daddy. Okay. Because you know they're freaky and they're fucking weird and. Yeah. Something very wrong with them, uh, obviously. That's what they're called, but I'm not calling them that. So just letting <laughs> I mean, you know that... now, I'm calling them the Robesons. Okay, that works too. Yeah, they're the Robesons. Yeah, so they got some messed up stuff going on in their house, and Fool, Fool, and Leroy are stuck inside, and they start to figure out all these. Don't things forget they... about their buddy. Their buddy, uh, yeah, who went in first. Spencer, yeah, buddy Spence. And he went in first to do some reconnaissance work that did not... He poses the gas man and had to go check out some... A leak or the meter. He was the meter, I believe. Um, there was an issue, and they didn't hear from him. And while they're locked in the house, and Fool gets down to the basement, he finds, unfortunately, Spencer... Spencer's dead. Spencer is no longer with us. And alongside that in the basement, he starts seeing... It looks like some some sort of creature or, or people behind these boarded up fences or walls where he's hearing he's hearing some sort of voices and seeing some hands and stuff. Doesn't know what's back there, but clearly there's something humanoid underneath the stairs with him. Which that that scene um, and the scenes that followed when they're in the basement like that fool or or the Robinsons, it that what that feels like a zombie film almost those sort of shots and I feel like those are zombie like characters where other parts of the house don't have that same vibe. It feels like a different type of horror movie. But the basement is like zombie invasion. Are you familiar with the rap group known as People Under the Stairs? Um, only upon when I was Googling this movie and they would come up. 
on videos. <laughs> That's funny. I think you one you should listen to them. They're very good. Uh, I want did they, I wonder who came first, the movie or the music group? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be At interesting. The same time. The same time they came out of the, together. <laughs> they came out of the void together at the same time. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah, but that's. I mean, I feel like that's the setup. Act two is is all the action you got in there, Pete. If you're you got any bits and pieces to bring up. still with us? Are you going to test your luck? Do you think you can make it to the end? We will see. For now, Pete will indulge us with some juicy act two details. Yeah. Um, let's see what I can remember. I feel like... I don't know what you're trying to... I guess, like, would you say second act is when... Uh, I know you didn't get to it, but Leroy dies. Would you say that's when the second act starts? Yeah, around that time when they're like trapped in the house, they found Spencer dead, and yeah. now they're yeah. And like they're running all over the house. The dog was after them, and then uh, fucking what's his name? You know, no name guy, also in Twin Peaks. I'll throw that <laughs> out there. They're yeah. both in Twin Peaks. The man and woman were both in Twin Peaks, which is why they're in this movie. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're weird in that show, too. Yeah. Yeah, but those anyways. were right around the same time. Yeah. I guess, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it was like 1990 uh, was Twin Peaks. And only lasted two seasons at the time and came back for a third in 2017. <laughs> um... And then, yeah, so the dad, or whatever you want to call him, shot him, and he was just, like, he was convinced uh, that that's all who was in the house, and that's when Point Dexter, or whatever you want to call him, because he's got so many names, <laughs> he sees, like, this other guy who can't talk to him because his tongue has been cut out. He's, like, been running away from the man because he somehow escaped from the basement. And he's leading them all over the house. Oh, no, that's not true. I'm sorry. I jumped around a little bit. Because the the daughter helped him out first with the doll. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Alice. Yeah, Alice. Thank it's you. She's just, like, stuck up in her room and can't do anything ever. Yeah, yeah, and you could tell that she... So she's, like, never set a foot outside. Because he said, that like, oh, you've never seen a brother before. And then he, because he was just like, they're, you know, they're in the neighborhood. She's like, neighborhood? <laughs> yeah. She's never left the house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then, then that's, I think, when they run into, what's his name? It's the Roach. Main... Roach, thank you. Because oh. uh, they, like, discover, like, I think the dad, like, discovers that they're, might be someone else in the house around that time. Yeah, because the dog was barking. I think into the vents where, uh, what was this, where fool was or something along where he heard him in the vents, and so he came running up. Yeah, I'm trying to remember like how how they came to the realization 
that there was more than... Oh, I remember now. So, like, after they kill Leroy, uh, they go to the cop... Isn't that what a cop show up at first? And then they, like, like oh, who's the van belong to? They're like, oh, that's just... Uh, we don't know. It just was here. And then they look through the van and they find a little Cub Scout uniform. And it's er, you see earlier that he was trying to sell them cookies so he could kind of do a little reconnaissance for... That's right. Yeah. You know, because they're doing a stakeout. Do you think this the reconnaissance work in this movie, um, Ving Rhames channeled what he learned here to get the role in Mission Impossible? Yes, 100%. <laughs> he did a much better job in Mission Impossible since he kept that job much longer. He's still in him. Six movies he's, in. He's still in him. Yeah. He's even got like an assistant, you know, Simon Pegg like assists him. Yeah. Things fine. But he but he gets to go in the field sometimes, so I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> uh pff, trying to think what I remember. I just watched this movie too and I feel like I'm fucking not remembering it. Um yeah. I, I think what Roach shows him, and Alice is in the bathroom with him where he's kind of locked up, fool, when the dad is coming upstairs. And they're basically like, hey, come through the wall behind the window. This is where we go to get away from him. And he's like hesitant for a moment. He's super yeah. hesitant to to go. And eventually um, he ends up going through the that that the wall with, with Roach and him. But... Um, yeah, I don't know what why he was hesitant about that. I always kind of questioned. He was like, "No, I'm gonna make it out of here." I think he was kind of scared of him, just like because he couldn't talk and. Yeah, that's probably true. And he, like, I mean, he didn't. He was kind of scary looking. He but was he, the best. He was nice. He was the best looking of the bunch between the other people <laughs> under the stairs. Yeah, that is true. But I don't know because... if he's seen all of them yet. Have he? He saw them briefly. Not up close, yeah. He saw them, like, in the dark, like, with their arms reaching out behind. Because he saw him. Okay. He saw them eat Spencer's hand. Because yeah. they're cannibals. Right. Okay. At least that's what, that's what, they became cannibals because that's what the, you know, the man and woman feed them. Cause right, yeah. Alice makes a comment that they steal children like off the streets to try and get because like they never had a son and then like if they talk back they're like he cuts their tongue out so you like this implies that like they've tried multiple times to get yeah. their son their whole thing yeah. is like hear no evil speak no evil uh yeah. see no evil yeah so but they only cut out the tongues yes <laughs> No yeah, eyes so or no ears thing. being cut off. Yeah, just tongues. And then we leave you under the stairs in the dark with, like, t- Desert Storm news footage playing and feeds yes. you, feed you humans. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was interesting. Yeah, I think... I guess they get, current, big... they, get, they get current events, I guess, that way. Yeah, I think a lot of this movie, I mean, that Desert Storm stuff was... A lot of this stuff was, like, a big satire, a little bit on the Reagans... At the time, like, mom and dad were supposed to be kind of like Ronald and Nancy Reagan. Make it for the nuclear family or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
I did not get that, but that's that's no. interesting. Well, that's the only lens I watched it through, so I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, that's immediately what I saw. No, that's just I don't wear glasses, so I guess I just didn't have the same lenses as you. Boom. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think because I still feel like I've barely talked about the second act because there's like a lot that happens. But I think one is go, uh, fool. You know, he goes into the wall, and I think you know he's learning from Alice and what you're talking about here. No evil people they get their tongues taken out and, and such. But around this time, they still know he's in the wall, and that's when Dad comes out with the gimp outfit and the shotgun, which is out of left field. Um, that's definitely in. I think Rhymes is familiar with it, though. But three years later. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And this came fiction. first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a Pulp Fiction reference for everybody. If you <laughs> Him and Bruce Willis being tortured by some dude in a gimp ship. Yeah, do you think Quentin Tarantino saw this movie and three years later made Pulp Fiction and put that in there? Or that was just something everybody wanted to do in the 90s? And put a uh, in your horror movie. You know, Quentin Tarantino's a weird dude. He likes feet a lot, so who knows what else he likes. Can't put a pass on. Fair. Fair. <laughs> yeah, but that definitely... It, it didn't change the whole feel of the movie, but it definitely made the movie feel a little more bizarre, even though I knew that there were things downstairs and like what was going on. And then he comes out in that outfit and is just like wildly shooting into the walls because he's like I yeah. hear him I'm gonna get him bam just shooting shotgun yeah. rounds into the wall trying to get Roach and Fool the first time I saw that I was like what the fuck is happening in this movie yeah and we didn't even find out at this point because you sp- I guess you might have spoiled before we did not know they were brother and sister until later but you right. uh, in the IMDB synopsis it kind of gave that away yeah right away um, but yeah we'll learn that as the movie goes on. And I think when it is a lot of like running around the house for most of the second act. And I would say when the second act truly ends is actually when fool escapes, um, from the house, but he wasn't able to get Alice out with him cause she was too afraid to leave. And he was able to jump out of the attic window into the pond and, get back home and or he makes a phone call at first and I forget who he calls the police you're thinking of child birth that's yeah, right that's right he does he does call the police that's right he says like uh, Al, like Alice is being abused and they go there and obviously they don't do anything um just like real life <laughs> <laughs> The subtle burn into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he, he I, I forgot like the reasoning because he didn't know. I guess he was around the area when the cops were there, and he used that to sneak back in to get trying it to Alice. And I would say that's when the third act begins. You're still here. Very few have made it this far. It's time to meet the satisfying conclusion to the scary movie. Lindsay will provide all of the events in the final act. Um, 
Yeah, so kind of diving into that. Um, Roach, like, Roach dies, you know, unfortunately. But before he dies, he gives full, like, that bag of coins, of the gold coins that they were after in the beginning. And then um, he finds out, like, when he goes back home briefly, the, the older family friend... That's there. It's like the sister, cool, and then him. Oh, oh is it the grandpa? Okay. Um, I thought so. Okay, you're, I'm sure you're right. Um, what's interesting is like, you know, I think uh, the grandpa says that the gold is enough for them to pay rent till like the year 2000. So that's like oh. almost like nine or eight years that they're good. And then he like learns that the gold will also cover his mother's operation because she's really sick. Um, and yeah, so then he calls child welfare, <clears throat> the police are in there, they're not finding anything, and the, um, brother and sister are just trying to act totally normal, they're like, we're so sorry, it's such a waste of your time, um, you know, like, it's, it's real, it's real stupid, and, uh, so, the dog's name is Prince, right? Yes. yes. Okay. And so, yeah, fool's back. Trying to, he's there to get Alice and, you know, to just get out of there. Um, but they let the dog out, uh, Prince, you know, to try to kill them. Who did? Um, um, <laughs> to answer your question, uh, Mr. Robeson let the dog out, Prince. Um <laughs> I just like in my head like the song just started playing. <laughs> um, um, so okay, where were we? Uh, okay. So Mr. Robinson's trying to kill Fool, obviously, um, but Fool manages to get Prince stabbed instead. And then while um, Prince is like you know um, writhing in pain and dying, he and Alice go up to the attic. Now's their chance to jump. Oh, wait, no, sorry. Cut this part out. Uh, Peter already talked about this. I was just reading my notes, but... No, leave it in. Leave it in. Okay, okay. Full transparency. Um, Yeah, no, no, no. Um, Yeah, so Peter already covered that. Um, Fool becomes my inspiration in this moment because he is, like, determined to make right out of this. Um, So, okay, so this, this is when he comes back. Sorry, I'm a mess. Oh, um... Another thing that the grandpa said that's kind of important, um, this is when we learn that the Robesons are brother and sister, which is bad enough, but then, um, he said that they come from, like, a long line of an Idrun family, they originally started by running a funeral home, um, quote, selling cheap coffins for expensive prices, um, so that allowed them to eventually start real estate, and, um, you know, as a result, it became even more, like, super messed up and um, taking advantage of people the way they are today. Um, okay, so this is when, when Fool goes back for Alice and the police are checking things out and they're not finding anything initially. Um, this is when he drops the bombshell on Alice that uh, the Robesons actually stole her from her real parents, just like the other kids. And obviously this is kind of a shock for her. Um but she kind of gets over it pretty quickly. Um, and then there's like this part where uh, Fool's sister shows up at the door after the police leave. 
Yeah. Um, and she's like basically calling them out for the terrible people that they are, right? And uh, basically, Mrs. Robeson is like, "Yeah, you in what community?" And then like a thousand people just show up like in the background, like, and they just stare at her. Yeah. <laughs> so like, what are you um, gonna do now, bitch? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So this third act is something else. Um, so not long after that, Mrs. Robeson finds out that Alice knows uh, what's going on, and she gets all hot about it, so she tries to kill Alice. Um, but the people under the stairs have um, banded together, and um, because of them, you know, and all the craziness that ensues, she dies a painful death by running into a knife that Alice is holding, um, the kids then throw her into the basement. Um, and there's that, like, staircase uh, that leads to the basement where they, like, they flip it, like, where it stairs, and then it becomes, like, not stairs. Like Scooby- like, Doo style? Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Like, that's, yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But, yeah, anyway. So when she is thrown into the basement, um, she, like, lands at Mr. Robeson's feet. Um, so he's obviously not happy, and he tries to kill Fool again, and, um, Fool is just a little badass. Like, I don't know how old he is in this movie, but I'm 29, and I could not do anything that he does in this movie. I think he's, like, 10 or something. Um, he sets off a bunch of explosives, um, and he, like, totally (laughs) destroys the house. Um... (laughs) And what's fun about this is that, like, the money blows up through the chimney, um, and the people outside, like, start claiming it, um, and then, uh, dude dies in the midst of the explosion, and then, um, Fool and Alice are able to make it out alive and out the door, um, in the midst of all the chaos, so. And did you say the people under the stairs, too? They, uh, they make it out? Oh, I forgot about them. Did they? There's yeah, at least one of them. We saw one of the guys was like kind of walking think, around out there. Yeah, I think it's okay. implied that because like they, I feel like they officially killed the woman because like she was still alive after Alice stabbed her, and then like she got swarmed by all the people under the stairs, and then right. like after the bomb went off, like you see that one guy escape. So I would assume that the others were able also were also able to get outside. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, this yeah. movie is crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's people under the stairs. Yeah, I think like it, it it definitely ramps up and it's kind of all over the place. Where the the first act is kind of just your setup. The second act gives you like those crazy hijinks, and you start to see like this house has so many different passageways, and it's and you got the Scooby Doo stairs, and people are in the vents, and you figuring out Alice's relationship. People are in the basement. Um, it's just kind of a a Scooby Doo house in general. And then the third act is like now Fool knows that the house is like this and he has his own plan to come in and save the day, which is even more bananas. Like he went down the chimney and right then he got on like the chimney, like <laughs> slid down the chimney to get into the house. Um, Don't forget about that candle trick. Yeah, the candle to, trick to <laughs> the fool, the dad, or whatever you want to call him. He like stuck the coins there in there to like. He's like, "Oh, you count the money." Like I like doing that too. I like running it through my fingers, and then he wasn't there, and that's when he was able to set off the 
TNT that you, of course, store in the same room where all the money is. Yeah. Yeah, even he said it, though, right? Fool was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have stored it here, but <laughs> here it is. He's funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's a smart kid. Yeah. And, and now that we've kind of encapsulated the movie, we've talked about it its entirety. This whole The whole time I was watching it, I definitely got like a Goosebumps vibe for some reason. Like this was... This feels yeah. like a Goosebumps movie, but it's like more adult, like m- more. Yeah, it's like a rated R movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's rated R, but it's got like a Goosebumps feel. Maybe that's like because it's a kid. Clearly, like it's a kid who's like the protagonist, but also the comedy that Wes Craven works into it, I think, adds to that. Uh, makes it seem a little more silly and and not as serious. But then there are serious moments um, in this movie. Like people under the stairs are generally really creepy looking. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. There's a pretty good uh, video on YouTube, actually. It's from the special features about the special effects for the movie and what they did for those for the people under the stairs. Um, if anybody wanted to check that out. They've got some yeah, good, pretty interesting. interesting stuff. You know, the people under the stairs, do they get considered to be Universal monsters because they were, this movie was made by Universal? <laughs> I did know, I I'm sorry if this is stealing from trivia from you, Lindsay, is that no, every me. Halloween they set up Universal Studios sets up this haunted house that's like people under the stairs and you could take a tour of it and I thought that was really cool. Oh. Yeah. It's part of like what what are those called at Universal or Disney World? Where it's around Halloween, it's called like Halloween Nights or Horror. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I just know Fright Fest when it, it's Six Flags. I'm not sure what uh it's called at other places. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to go to that one because that would be the Universal Monsters. Like they're doing people under the stairs, but like there'd be Dracula and Frankenstein and yeah, that'd be really fun. And the other ones that they do. But anyway, that's one piece of trivia. Lindsay, do you have some more pieces of trivia for the people under the stairs? You made it. They finished discussing the plot of this terrifying movie. Onward to the fun bits of trivia and production for this film. You better believe it. Um. Yes. All right. <laughs> so, as always, IMDb has uh, some of the best trivia out there. So, um, for those out there that don't know, um, this movie was inspired by real events. Um, Creepy headline. Craven. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Russ Craven read a real-life story about burglars breaking into a house, um, and when police like got to the scene, the burglars were gone. They found locked doors with a bunch of noises coming from them. Um, subsequently, they found children locked in their rooms that were never allowed to go outside. So that's like really sad and like very eerie, but um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's how this movie kind of was born. So, And, uh, you know, the whole thing is like how we start they want the gold coins. Um, you know, they want to... Um, yeah, they want gold coins. They use real co- gold coins in the movie. Um, according to IMDb, it's called the American Gold Eagle Coin. Um, has one ounce of 22 karat gold. And in 1991, it was worth around $708, just one. So I'd be interested to know what that would be worth today. I like the sound of that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what was it called? Was it called? Then, I, want to look, I want to look it up right now. Uh, sure. It is called um, American Gold Eagle Coin. It's saying two thousand dollars. 
Dang. Wow, that would solve a lot of my problems. That's some... Um, there's that much inflation yeah. for gold since 1991? <laughs> yeah, what is what is it? Uh, that, that's 20 years ago, exactly, and doesn't inflation rise? Is it 2%? Inflation's was, 2%? Yeah. I thought it was 3 maybe. I don't know. It might be around... I know it's around 2 yeah, so last thing, um, found this interesting. So the part of Roach, um, I guess it was originally written like they could be male or female. Um, Hillary Swink tried out for the part of Roach. Um, uh, so I thought that would have, yeah, that would have been interesting to see. I and, think that um, could have been pretty great. Yeah, I think so too. She would have been uh, pretty young back then. Um and the guy that did play, end up playing Roach was playing, like, a 15-year-old. He was 26. Um, and then A.J. Langer was, like, 16, playing 12-year-old Alice. Um, so I thought that was, uh, <laughs> that was that was right before My Soul Called Life, or right? What was it? What show? Um, that movie, the People Under the Stairs was right before My Soul Called oh, Life, right? yeah, yeah. Two, years? Two or three yeah. years before, yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't get that she was supposed to play a 12-year-old. I thought she was just playing, like, her age, but, like, she just acted that way because oh. she was yeah. just, like, removed Sheltered. from everything. But, like, I mean, I'm, I, I for Hollywood, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah. in my mind, in my mind, like, I always think that's the my logic. I feel like in mo- any movie horror or otherwise back in the you know, 90s or maybe early 2000s but 90s and, and previous too they just cast who they kind of wanted to in roles regardless of age and tried to like make them be like no 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 they're this age just believe it um, like Sissy Spacek and Carrie where she's like wh- how old I think she's like almost 30 years old when she plays like a 16 year old yeah, girl yeah, and yeah you just believe it no she's a high schooler but I feel like now they're a little more cognizant of that um, and even to your point, you were talking about earlier, Lindsay Riverdale, like they went through a time jump or something. I don't watch it, but they went through a time jump to kind of explain their age difference or why they're yeah. older so that people are, they're just more cognizant of like, people aren't going to believe these ages we're telling them these people are unless we address it, which is yeah. good. Finally, I can stop writing all my letters to Hollywood. <laughs> be like, Dear Hollywood. You're a little young to play a stormtrooper, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, thank you for the trivia, Lindsay. Was that was that all of it? I thought you said last one. That That is about it, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Um, so then, before we kind of go into Defender Destroy, do we know box office, how it did, um, what the budget was? Do we have any guesses on the budget? And then if it's box office made back what it needed to? I think it was $9 million budget and it made 60 million dollars all right that's a solid guess Lindsay, do you have a guess on the budget and what this movie made budget i'm gonna go with about maybe six or seven million and then i don't know like what it made but i think it was successful um that's all I really know. I think it was considered to be a success, like commercially, and uh, or at least mixed to positive reviews commercially. Okay. Well, this was c- commercially in terms of money. You're both correct. It was a success. 
it it was a budget of six million. So Lindsay nailed it on the budget. Uh, six million box office was thirty one. So it was a success okay. as well. It made back more than it needed to. That's a pretty. I would say. I mean, six million. It's it's, it's a good amount of money, but. It was a universal movie, so I thought maybe they'd get a little more, but mm-hmm. especially being Craven. I just feel like they just really didn't give horror movies that big of a budget. Like, I even like especially even the like, early nineties. Yeah, it's like, like the, even think of like like Jaws or like you know The Exorcist, like ones that you would think of that would be big. I think they were made pretty cheap. Yeah, that's probably true, and, and, and definitely cheaper. And relative to any other like big drama that's going for the Oscar or summer blockbuster, a lot of those definitely always much lower budgets than those. And at this time, you know, Craven's big, I would say, or at least in horror. But I feel like not early '90s is like kind of where you know horror is in a lull or starting to, because like it's just kind of the rehashing of what was big in the '80s, like. The Friday the 13th are being pumped out right now. Nightmare on Elm Street, all these splatters. Uh, what, Sorority Babes, Slimeball, Bolarama are coming out <laughs> at this time. And it's just like trying to like churn out these movies, or like these B-movies that people might go see. So I don't think it was until 96 with Scream that it kind of revamped the genre for horror, which is five years from now. Same guy, Wes Craven as well. Also, what was fun about this one, I, I in the research, it came out on November 1st, so this was a Halloween weekend movie. And I always like when a horror movie comes out on Halloween weekend, I'll probably go see it. Like, if you put a horror movie out on Halloween weekend, I'll probably see it, just because of the timing. Just like, what movie? All the Saw movies were like that for years when we were growing up. It was every Halloween, every year, they would come out on... For like, uh, for like 10 years. Yeah. It was <laughs> That's every, genius. Every... Just get it out. You know, low budget, turn it out, get it out in a year, have another one ready for Halloween. People will go watch it. And I guess final thoughts before launching into if we defend or destroy it. Do we know of any insight into if this movie had a sequel or if anything's going to come of People Under the Stairs? I think I've, I remember reading there was talks for a while, like doing like a remake or doing like a TV show. I think both have been talked about, but nothing has really come into fruition. Yeah, the last I heard, um, well, the whole story was, I think Wes Craven had the rights to make a TV show on Sci-Fi, the Sci-Fi Network, but it was, as everything was getting ready to go, he passed away. It was around that time frame um, when he had passed. Um, So that kind of got ground everything to a halt for a while and i think since this is universal um yeah as of october of 2020 jordan peele has been signed on to produce a remake of the whole movie uh, i'll be down for that let's say gotta see yeah with in tandem with universal pictures and monkey paw productions so i mean they just signed on to do it a couple months ago the end of last year but it looks like it'll happen i'm excited to see the remake I would have been excited to see the TV show, too, that Wes Craven was going to do. I think I'm glad. I'm, I'd am i rather it be in Jordan Peele's hands now, not to speak ill of Wes Craven, because, like, you know, like, obviously he can't do it now because he died. Uh, but it seemed like 
he couldn't really do anything besides scream, like near the end. You know what I mean? Like that's all. Like it seemed like he what he was interested in. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, he did. I'm trying to think of after he did the Scream trilogy, and then Scream Four came out in 2011. We did Red Eye in between there, but I think the only yeah. one I can think of is Cursed. That came out like the mid 2000s, right? The it's Werewolf the same, one. It's the same year as Red Eye. Same year. I think those are the only couple ones I can think of other that are not Scream related, including yeah, the TV it, show. He had one other movie that came out, but it was not a horror movie. I can't remember what it was called. He wasn't, and he wasn't attached to the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, right? That was more of a Jason no, Bay not, production. Yeah, and no, he wasn't attached to the remake at all. Yeah, so even though that was his original work, he wasn't on that one. He would not touch that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, speaking of garbage, I think it's now time to go into everybody's favorite segment: Defender Destroy. Is this movie garbage or not? Um, We've reached the conclusion of the podcast. Congratulations on making it all the way. You have one final challenge. The terrible trio will decide whether this movie passes the test. Choose wisely. Defend or destroy. I guess I go first? You can go first. Yeah, Yeah, you picked it. Yeah, so I picked this one. It's been one on my list for a while. I've known about it as like a Craven cult classic, or people uh, really enjoy this one. So I was excited to go see this one, and I'll say I was pleasantly surprised. It was it was not really what I expected going into it. It was much different vibe. As I said, it gave me like a goosebump vibe. I was I was laughing at times. I was like not so much terrified, but there were definitely like intense sequences, especially when like dad or mom got involved and he was super intense um it kind of switched the vibe around um yeah so and there's a lot of cat and mouse i feel like running through the house but overall i enjoyed the atmosphere i thought um that was fun um the entire time um it keeps you entertained and then there there are a lot of elements underneath that i think get missed or because you're caught up in the fun of the movie or what's going on. But like, as I said, I kind of got a Nancy and Ronald Reagan vibe. And this was like a satire on the, they're leaving the eighties now. And like, that was, they were the, he was the president for all the eighties and they had the desert, uh, desert storm on the TV. And like, is it just talking about their policies and like, did it hurt communities or like, are they a representation of that? Or, is it like a representation like when they're with the police they're like this nice these there's these nice upstanding citizens but inside they're these monsters and so i got a lot of that um watching this movie there's a lot of stuff i think that's ripe with social commentary which is right up horror's alley as well um really talking about the stuff that's going on at the time and i think that's uh, very re- relevant or or prevalent in this movie so I enjoyed it on both of those levels. I thought it was a fun ride, and it had a lot of commentary within it. So I'll defend the people under the stairs. It's a good Craven one. To kind of add to like what you're saying about like how this movie has a lot of social commentary, is they also I remember I think it was Fool when he first sees the money. He's like, man, no wonder the ghetto doesn't have any money. It's kind of just like, just it's like leaning on like just like think gentrification a little bit like. Like what it does to the communities and it does have like 
a lot to say for a horror movie, I would say. And um, I also would give this a defend. It's a really entertaining movie, and I feel like it's even though it's like weird, and I feel <laughs> like uh, it's 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 like a good weird, and it makes it an easy recommendation for people that are like not as familiar with horror. Just be like, oh, I've heard of Russ Craven. Like I'll give this other movie, like you know. I'm not going to recommend uh, Sorority Babes and the Slimeball Bolorama <laughs> to someone who hasn't seen that many horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I would recommend people on the stairs to them because they'd be like, oh yeah, I've heard of Nightmare on the Street. Yeah. That's sense. a good point. Well, that leaves me. Um, I think what makes this movie is the character of Fool. Um, you know, he's resilient. He's strong. He, no one else will. So he has to be the leader. Um, you know, he's a good protagonist. You want to root for him. You want to see him succeed. Um, you know, he's dealing with a lot of bullshit. Like, how did he get like you know caught up in this web in the first place? Is what I want to know. Or I missed that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of good things about it, despite how like I. I Watching it, like, I felt very disturbed, you know, by a lot of what we were seeing. Um, some of it was hard to stomach. But, um, you know, the comedy horror um, aspects are great. Um, I love Fool. I love Alice. Um, in terms of horror, I definitely think it did its job. Um, I don't... I can't really think of any other horror movies I've seen that I would really compare it to because it's a little bit more unique, um, at least as far as what I've seen. Um, you know, it's creepy, it's sad, it's disturbing. Um, and it is a little bit funny. And so, overall, I don't... It's not like a resounding uh, defense for me, but it's a defense. Okay. Nonetheless. Yeah, we don't. We definitely don't have grades. It's like very cut and dry <laughs> of what, uh, yeah. what makes a defender destroy. It's like... I struggle with that sometimes. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's one it, or the other. <laughs> we, we've we've struggled quite a bit on this podcast for certain movies and yeah. different people of different tastes. Well, I think I've I I can't remember the movie it was fairly recently. I think where I destroyed it, but recommended it. I I think it was it might have been Hills Have Eyes or it might have been no. a little earlier. Uh, Do you remember what it was? Maybe I remember you said that about Sorcerer, which doesn't okay. count because um, yeah. we. We've made it into a mini episode because I said it didn't count because it we said it wasn't truly a horror movie. So you you ended up destroying it, but you recommended it because you liked yeah. the movie. Yeah, like I destroy it in the horror genre or whatever we are we're doing on the podcast, but still should see it. Like go see it, but it's destroyed. <laughs> um. So well, there you have it. Um. Lots to unpack with people under the stairs, but I would I would check it out. We got a unanimous defend um, for people under the stairs, and that will wrap up the Wes Craven trilogy that we've done. I think we def no, we did not defend all of his. We we unanimously defended people under the stairs today. Red Eye we did unanim- unanimously defend, but The Hills Have Eyes uh, was a mix. We did not have there was I think I in dest- the fence. I think I destroyed it. I did too. And then I don't know. Lindsay what... defended it because she defended the two thousand. Yeah, you, you defended five or six I watched the same one as you. <laughs> yeah. I actually would agree with Lindsay on that one because I yeah. think I like the remake a lot more. Yeah, 
So that was like an interesting episode, an interesting take. We destroyed like the 77 one, but the new remake, Lindsay defended. So it kind of gives you a perspective on the differences between between the two versions. Well, again, that'll round it out. Next time we're not doing, at this point, a theme, another trilogy. We'll be coming to you fresh, though, with a new take on a new film. We appreciate you tuning in. Let us know your thoughts on the Wes Craven trilogy, what you thought of the movies, or any other ones you like of Wes Craven. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, like and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to to podcasts. That helps us out. We appreciate it. Um, get at us on Facebook, Twitter, our website. We love hearing from you guys. But until next time, I am Matt Johnson. I will remain in the shadows underneath the stairs. You're in both places at once? Yeah, that was low-hanging fruit. I mean, it's a dark yeah. basement. <laughs> like that's There'll be shadows down there. I'll be in there. I hope that you don't eat the human meat because I hear it makes you sick. I mean, the first couple bites make you sick, but I mean, you gotta... I'm trying to survive under these stairs, so... It tastes like chicken. I do what I need to do. <laughs> I'm Peter Hansen. This is all I have to say about the subject. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Lindsay Clark. I don't know how to follow that, so...